This is Jensen, and you are listening to a Hint of Everything podcast. guys my dear friends how the heck are you it's jensen here we're back it's a new day maybe you are driving to work maybe you're driving home from work maybe you're driving to school maybe you're walking on the treadmill or maybe you're walking outside or maybe you're running or maybe you are just chilling but regardless of what you're doing welcome i'm so happy you're here i hope you're ready for just an outrageous (laughs) podcast episode Okay, it's not outrageous, but I might actually, mm, I may upset some people. Oh, I don't want to. I don't want to upset anybody, but this topic is just something I've been interested in. I've heard a lot of people. I was actually talking to my friends. I literally pulled one of my friends aside and I was like, hey, and I showed, I had this whole list of podcast episode ideas and I was like, out of all these, which one of these sound the most interesting? And this was the first one she chose. So, I mean, as you could probably already tell, you probably read the title of the episode, but we're talking about menstruation, cycle, exercise, how they all go together. Cycle syncing is a super big trend right now. And so I want to talk about that because I have a lot of thoughts, but obviously we're not just going to jump right into that. We got to start off with, you know, our little peach and pit. I have a couple things and yeah, I'm just, I got a lot to talk about this week, I guess. First thing, my peach, I started a new book yesterday and I've had a couple people recommend it to me. One of them, her name is Cambria. Shout out to Cambria. One of them is my sister-in-law Rivers. They both recommended this book to me, but I've also heard about it. Good things. It's called Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. She's the one, if you've ever heard of the book, Eat, Pray, Love, she wrote that book. And it's crazy because I was listening to a TED talk by her earlier in the day and then I, Cole and I went and hung out with Cambria and her husband and we were talking about different book recommendations and she told me about this one and then I remembered that my sister-in-law told me about it. I was like, you know what? Multiple people have recommended this to me. I just got to read it. So I started listening to it on Audible and it's so good so far. So I'll let you know how it goes. I'll give you my thoughts on it after I'm done reading it, listening to it, whatever. Um, that's first peach. I have a couple peaches. Sorry, you just have to hear them all. The second one, I've just been thinking about this. Literally, there's two thoughts with this. First thing, do you ever buy something that's kind of expensive and you're like not sure if it's going to be worth the money, but you buy it anyway and then you totally regret buying it and you think, oh my goodness, I shouldn't have spent this money on this, whatever. But on the other hand, have you ever bought something and your same feelings, you're thinking the same thing. I'm not sure about this. This is kind of expensive. Am I even going to use this? Blah, blah, blah. So a couple years ago, Cole and I bought one of those massage guns, the Hypervolt. I don't know which one it was. It was an expensive one, but we got it on sale. We bought it and I was kind of unsure. I was like, this is expensive. Like why, why are we buying this? Like, I mean, I know it'll be really nice, but is it going to be worth it? Whatever. This is one of those times that it was so, so worth the money. And we bought the more expensive one. And there's definitely a difference in the more expensive massage guns compared to the less expensive massage guns. Just if you're ever going to get a massage gun and you don't already have one, get the more expensive one because it is so worth it. It's definitely worth the money. I didn't think I was going to use it as much as I do, but I literally use it probably every night, sometimes twice a day. 
Like, I just, I love it. Okay, next thought. I love chick flicks. Like, not just chick flicks, but older chick flicks. One of my favorite movies I realize of all time is When Harry Met Sally. It's so good. And then literally today, I started watching Sleepless in Seattle. I just love the older, like, 80s, 90s chick flick. It's, they're so good. And I love Meg Ryan. She's the one that's in Sleepless in Seattle, when Harry Met Sally, she's also in You've Got Mail. She, I just love her. I think she, she like reminds me of my mom a little bit. And she's so cute. I just, her personality and all the movies, she, she kind of is like the same character in all the movies. Well, at least it feels like it a little bit. They're so good. Okay. I have one little pit. It's kind of been a pit for the last few weeks. I'm just so sick of Instagram. Does anybody else feel this way? This is, th these are my thoughts. I'm sick of just scrolling on it and I don't even want to. Whenever I spend time doing it and I know I have control and I can just not scroll anymore and I'll try to have self-control and just not scroll. But sometimes I'm on it and it's not like I don't like the videos. Like I'm, I'm liking the videos and they're interesting and they're fun to watch or I'm learning things sometimes. But I'm like, I'm just sick of being on it. Like it's just, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. It's just such a time sucker. And a lot of times I just feel like I'm watching the same video over and over and over again but just different people filming it. I'm just kind of sick of it. I don't know. I don't want to spend any more time on it. Honestly, you know what I want to do? I want it to be sunny and green outside and I want to go just be outside, but unfortunately it's cold and dark. That's okay. It's okay. I'm going to be positive about it, but I'm ready to throw my phone across the room and just go outside. Okay. Well, those are my little thoughts for the week. Also, sorry, I have so many thoughts. They're all just flooding to my head right now. But for those of you who listened to my episode two weeks ago, talking about getting more energy, I talk about the Huberman Labs, I talk about whatever. Ugh, I'm embarrassed. I keep listening to it. No, I keep listening to it, but when I was editing it, usually what what I do is I edit the whole episode and then I'll go through and listen to the whole thing to make sure there's nothing too weird or there's no weird like cuts. I'm so sorry if there's ever a time and I'm like, talking and then all of a sudden you can totally tell that I cut the audio. It just means that there was something really embarrassing or I said like way too much. A majority of the time I'm just cutting out likes because it is my toxic trait to say like. So I just apologize. But anyway, I was listening back and I think I was saying circadian rhythm wrong. I kept saying circadian rhythm, not circadian rhythm. I don't even, wait, how do you say it? circadian rhythm? It's circadian rhythm and in the whole episode, I just kept saying circadian rhythm. So probably some of you were like cringing in your seat and just twitching because you're like, oh, this is, she's horrible. But I apologize, you know. You know, we all make mistakes and sometimes we don't realize it until we put out a podcast and it's too late. So just, there's my apology. Anyway, Moving right along, let's get into the topic today. Okay, like I said before, this might be a little controversial because it is such a hot topic right now. I'm going to talk about it regardless because I feel like I've been hearing so much about cycle syncing. And if you don't know what cycle syncing is, it is basically where you structure your workouts and your exercise and your fitness. Some people like to call it training. I love when people call working out training. I don't know why it makes it sound more like we're all athletes in our own way and we're all just like training for something. I might mix up the words, but I love when people call it training. Anyway, it is structuring your training and your exercise to be like in sync with your cycle because when you're at different phases in your cycle, it affects your exercise and your ability to perform and all this stuff. 
and it's all over TikTok, it's all over Instagram, people talk about it. I just have had some thoughts on it and I, I've had some questions about it and one resource that really changed my mind and really like helped me understand a lot of things and I feel like everybody needs to watch is there's this girl and her name is Natasha Oshien, I think. I don't probably say her name wrong. I know it's French. She lives in like the UK and she's actually a YouTuber and she's literally one of my favorite influencer type people. Oh, she's so, she's all about like fit. She's like a fitness, fitness Instagram but she's not really Instagram. I mean, she has an Instagram, but she's like a fitness YouTuber, but all of her stuff is so science-based. She was in the process of getting her PhD in like, I don't know, I'm actually not sure. It was like exercise science type thing, something like that. And all of her videos, she does all these like science explained videos and she's all about exercise and fitness, but the science behind it, oh, her videos are so good. So you should look her up. But anyway, she came out with this video a couple months ago talking about this subject because it's such a hot topic right now. She goes through and she cites all these sources and she like read all these studies and she did all this stuff and so I went through and I read a few studies and I watched her video and I just have so many thoughts about this subject so I'm just gonna give you a little brief overview I'm trying to do this really scientific because I feel like there's a lot of things on the internet on TikTok, on Instagram that are not science-based. They're kind of just trends and it's like people will do them without even thinking. So anyway, let's just get into it. Oh, also a little disclaimer. I, I just do the best I can with research. I am no scientist. I am no expert on this subject. I try to look up credible sources. I tried to find the most true, correct information. Maybe I'll say something that might be a little wrong. If I, if I do ever say something wrong, you can, you know, message me, say, hey, you're wrong with this, blah, blah, blah. That's fine. I, I love to learn new things. I'm not saying I know everything. I'm just doing the best I can. Oh, oh, one other little disclaimer that I wanted to talk about is if you haven't noticed by now, if you, if you're new to the podcast or if you haven't heard it in my other episodes before, I love holistic stuff, holistic medicine. I am all about, this is my mindset. This is like my, these are my thoughts on medicine and body stuff, everything health-wise. Always try a more holistic approach, a more Eastern medicine, more natural way to do things before going to Western medicine. We live in such an awesome time with tons of technology and it's it's amazing what we can do and the technology we have, but sometimes we just need to simplify things. I am not about band-aid fixes. I am about long-term fixes. Living a happy, healthy, and sustainable life. That's kind of my background with this. I love holistic medicine, but there's also a time and a place for research. And when it comes to health and fitness, there are a lot of things that are black and white. Like the way you build muscle and how you recover and all these things that are literally black and white. So that's kind of where I'm coming from with this. So anyway, I hope that made sense. So first, let's kind of let's kind of take things back. Let's talk about your menstrual cycle. Breaking it down before we actually talk about cycle syncing and everything that entails. So if you don't know, there are different phases of, I guess, of your menstrual cycle. Your menstrual, you're always, if you're a woman and you have reached puberty, then you are always in some point of your menstrual cycle. Like it's not just like the four days or however long you're actually like bleeding that is your period. Like that's not, your cycle is just constantly going until obviously you hit menopause. So the start of your cycle is the first day you start actually bleeding, like menstruation, that's day one. And that kickstarts the follicular phase. This phase usually lasts 16 to 17 days. And then after, and obviously you're not bleeding that whole time. It's only like the first three to seven days that you're bleeding. 
And then the rest of those 16 to 17 days is the rest of your follicular phase. Then we hit ovulation, which kickstarts the luteal phase. And the luteal phase usually lasts around 12 to 13 days. But again, all of this varies woman to woman. Everybody's different. Everybody has a different body. Everybody has a different cycle. This is just general. And throughout the whole process of both your follicular phase and your luteal phase, your sex hormones are fluctuating all the time and it's triggering different responses in your body. And the two main sex hormones that are fluctuating throughout your cycle are estrogen and progesterone. So there's really a lot we don't know about the rising and the dropping of these hormones and the effects they have on our physiology and also the effects that they have on our brain function and our brain chemistry. And there's a lot of things we don't know. There are a lot of things we do know. There have been multiple studies that have concluded that on average, there's a higher amount of calories or like energy consumed during the luteal phase. So that second phase. So there's the two phases. There's the follicular phase, which is the first phase. And then there's the luteal phase, which is the second phase. But when it comes to like cycle syncing that people talk about, or a lot of times when people break down the phases, they kind of break them into four chunks. So there's like the early follicular phase, and then there's the later follicular phase. And the early follicular phase is like your period when you're actually bleeding. And then the second part of your follicular phase, oh my gosh, it's like such a tongue twister. I'm so sorry. Probably painful to listen to this. The second part is like the later stage of your follicular phase. And then the first part of your luteal phase is ovulation. The second part of the luteal phase is just right before your period. So they usually break it into four, even though it's technically like two phases. So anyway, what we do know based on science, based on tons of studies that have been done is that on average, there's a higher amount of calories or energy consumed during the luteal phase or the second half of the cycle compared to the follicular phase or the first phase of the cycle. With a lot of these studies, there have only been statistical significance found in the participants who experienced PMS. So with a majority of the studies, they found that like you consume more calories in the luteal phase of your cycle, but the people that did consume more calories were individuals who experienced PMS. So if you're somebody who does not experience PMS, it's possible that you don't consume more calories or more energy during the luteal phase. You still might, because again, everybody's different, but a majority of the people that did experience higher calorie consumption, like they were eating more, were people that experienced symptoms of PMS. So that's one thing we know. One study in particular found that the additional calories consumed were anywhere from 90 to 500 extra calories per day. Okay, another thing we know about cycles, menstrual cycles, is that there have been some studies that show during the luteal phase, body temperature increases and the basal metabolic rate increases slightly. And the basal metabolic rate is like the amount of calories you burn per day without doing anything. So even if you didn't work out at all, if you literally just sat in bed all day and you're burning calories, like you burn a certain amount of calories, that's your basal metabolic rate. And so some studies found that during this luteal phase, your body temperature increases and your basal metabolic rate increases as well. That could contribute to more of the calories consumed, like why you're eating more calories because you're burning more calories. Another thing we know about menstrual cycles based on a lot of studies done with statistical significance is that a lot of individuals experience bloating throughout their cycle and a majority of them experience the most amount of bloating during the luteal phase, so that second phase of their cycle, and then their bloating peaks on the first day of their actual menstruation, like when they're bleeding. So we know that on average, people, especially people that experience PMS, will tend to eat more calories during their luteal phase. Some people will have a higher basal metabolic rate, and so they'll burn more calories, 
And then also that people experience bloating a lot of the times, especially during their luteal phase. Okay, like I said, those are all the things that we know about menstrual cycles, about menstruation, based on good data that's statistically significant and not just like tiny little studies with six people and they found not really conclusive data. Like this is all data that's been peer reviewed. This is what we know. So that being said, there is one super important thing to take into account and it's that almost all of the studies mention the phrase countless times inter-individual variation, meaning that everybody's body is different and everybody experiences their cycle in a different way. So while one person might have major bloating during the second phase or the luteal phase, another person might not. Everybody's different. And so even though a lot of those studies did have conclusive data, they still all did say there's inter-individual variation, meaning everybody's body experiences their cycle in a different way. And so kind of going into how this works into our fitness, like I said, some people experience bloating, some people are more hungry, some people will have a higher body temperature, that might cause somebody to not be able to perform as well. And one other thing about this whole idea, and something that I believe, is you should listen to your own body. Like if you don't feel up to working out, and you're maybe you're actually on your period, and you just have no energy, and you feel super gross, and you don't wanna force yourself to go through this super hard workout, or maybe you go and start to work out, and it's just the worst thing ever, and you feel so gross, and you feel gross after, don't force yourself to do something if you don't have the energy to do it and you're not listening to your body, you're just like going crazy. What I'm saying is just because one workout plan works for somebody, it doesn't mean that it'll work for you. Or if you have a certain goal and you're training towards that goal or whatever, just because you're on your period or just because you're at a certain phase of your cycle, it doesn't mean that you can't still train towards that one specific goal or you can't get your personal best or personal record during a certain phase of your cycle. Does that kind of make sense? You can't answer me, but that's kind of what I'm going for. I'm just I'm just trying to broadcast to all you guys out there that there's not that much scientific data behind cycle syncing. One thing that Natasha Oshien, that girl I was talking about, the YouTuber, that she mentions in that one video where she talks about cycle syncing is that there are so many people out there that say we need to keep our menstrual cycle at the heart of all of our exercise and fitness training, which is really a bold statement to make because there is hardly any unanimous and conclusive data. And again, everybody's body is different. Everybody's fitness levels are different. Everybody's menstrual cycle is different. So it might not be the best thing to put our menstrual cycle at the heart of all of our exercise and fitness training. There have been a few studies that show the effects of exercise performance and how the menstrual cycle affects that, but most of the studies vary greatly in their results. For example, one of the studies showed that 70% of their participants did not experience a change in their exercise performance, while a different study showed that 50% of their participants experienced a change in their exercise performance based on what part of their cycle they were training in. And other studies showed that their athletes didn't experience any change in their exercise performance based on what part of their cycle they were in. So it's really hard to make claims or assumptions or make a general prescription for everybody to follow a certain exercise plan because the data on it is just not conclusive. Like none of the data really matches up. Some studies will show this, some studies will show that. But one study that was actually credible and conclusive was showing athletes 
and their rate of perceived exertion. They asked like how you feel you performed or how well you think you perform, depending on what part of your cycle you were in. A majority of those participants did say that they felt like their performance was not as great. So pretty much all of the science that has been done on the science that's been done, that sounds so dumb. All of the studies that have been done that study how exercise and menstruation play out together, like how menstruation affects exercise are inconclusive. The results are all over the place. They're not unanimous. It's just not really, there's no solid information on it. But on the other hand, there was a few, there were a few studies that did have conclusive data that were based on athletes' perception of how well they performed during different phases of their cycle. But something super interesting about that is they had those athletes actually, they studied how they performed throughout their cycle afterwards. And even though a lot of them claimed that they didn't perform as well, a lot of them actually performed just as well. Even though they might've thought that they didn't perform as well, their performance was actually not affected. Okay, well, let's talk a little bit more about cycle syncing. So if you don't know what cycle syncing is, I'll kind of explain it. At least from what I found, they break down the menstrual cycle into four phases, like the they break follicular phase into two phases and then they break the luteal phase into two phases. So they say the menstruation phase is the first part of the follicular phase and then they just call the second part of the follicular phase the actual follicular phase. So they say that during the menstruation phase when you're actually bleeding, the only exercise you should do is low impact exercise like gentle yoga and stretching and walking. And then they say during the late part of your follicular phase is when you do like cardio exercise, like running or hiking or swimming. And then with cycle syncing, they, I say they in quotations, just all the people that, you know, claim that cycle syncing is the shiz. Then there's the ovulation phase, which is the first part of the luteal phase. And they say during this part of your cycle, you should be doing high intensity, sweaty workouts, like spin, hit, stair stepper, things like that. And then during the second part of your luteal phase, you should do, so like right before your period, you should do low to medium intensity exercises like strength training, ab workouts, Pilates, that kind of thing. So one question that comes up with cycle syncing is what is the purpose? Because I feel like if you look on TikTok and you look on Instagram and you look everywhere, there's no reason given of why cycle syncing is effective or useful or whatever. Like nobody claims that you should cycle sync because it will increase your exercise performance or it will help you to reach your PRs or personal records or that it will help you to be the happiest. They don't say do cycle syncing because it'll help with this. They just say do cycle syncing. I don't know, maybe maybe I haven't seen where it says why it is the best or why it's the best practice of exercise or why it's the best way to train, but that's one thing to take into account with its credibility and its effectiveness. Going along with that, like I said, there's not that much research on how training in a certain way based on your cycle, like cycle syncing, is actually effective. Everybody's body is completely different and everybody's body reacts to exercise in a completely different way and reacts to their menstrual cycle in a completely different way. And cycle syncing is so generalized. And that's why I don't believe that cycle syncing is the best way to go about training. Everybody's body is different and everybody's period is so different. Everybody's menstrual cycle is so different. Why should we all be following the exact same training routine and the, the exact same structure of training? Because we're all just so different. Even personally, I've seen this in my life because I feel like there are some times when I'm in a certain phase of my cycle and I have 
so much energy and I'm just thriving. There have literally been times when I'm on my actual period and I will have so much energy and I'll feel like I can go to the gym and just work out so hard. And obviously there's other times when I will be on my period and I will not want to do anything. I will not want to walk. There are some times when I don't really want to work out and I'm on my period and I am just extra tired and so I'll just maybe sleep in instead of waking up early to work out and that's great. That's what my body needed. But then there are other times when I'm like, you know what? I just need to move my body, get my body moving, do some kind of workout, and I feel so much better after. So it's just, it's super general, and it doesn't take into account everybody's individuality, especially with our bodies and with their menstrual cycles. I am all about training and exercising based on how you feel. If you feel absolutely awful, don't force yourself to do something that you're not gonna feel good doing and you're gonna feel gross doing or you're gonna feel gross after. But on the other hand, there are some times when I'm feeling lazy or I'm in a weird mood or I'm in a funk or I'm on my period and I just don't wanna do anything, but I go force myself to move my body because I know it'll be good for me and then I feel so much better after. Exercise and fitness should add to your life and benefit you. They should not be to make yourself miserable. So if you are maybe on your period and you are forcing yourself to go to the gym and you absolutely hate it and you wish you weren't going and it's not adding to your life, then don't do it. Like, again, it's it's to help you. It's to make you happier. It's to make you feel better. So just listen to your body. It's more important to listen to your body than to listen to what people on TikTok are saying or to what people on Instagram are saying and what they're saying is the best way to train especially when it is not based on scientific data. Well, to wrap things up, I just want to say that exercise is something that should be adding to your life. It should be helping you become happier or helping you become better or make you feel good. There are so, so, so many benefits to exercising. I love exercising. Fitness is, fitness is one of my passions. I hate saying that, but I just love it. I truly love it. I love learning about it. It's so, so interesting. There's so many things to learn, but it's just because it's it's great. And there's so many different ways that it can benefit you and benefit your life and your health. And honestly, if you do cycle syncing and you love it and you swear by it and it's what makes you happiest and it's what helps you feel the best and feel healthiest, then keep doing it. Don't listen to me. Do what makes you happy. I'm just saying with exercise and fitness and training, especially based on menstruation. You should take an individualized approach. Train based on how you feel and what works best for you and not what works best for whoever's on TikTok. So yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. I researched a lot of stuff. Hopefully I didn't talk too crazy fast. I probably messed up some words. I probably said things that were confusing. So if I did, I am truly sorry. I did my best, but let me know what you thought. Let me know if you wanna hear more about things like this. Let me know if there's a certain subject that you want me to talk about or you want me to talk more about and I would be more than happy to talk about it. Don't forget to go give the Instagram a follow, the Hint of Everything podcast. Tell your friends to go listen to the podcast because that is what helps the podcast grow. If you think that this episode would be interesting to any of your friends or your family or your neighbors or your coworkers or somebody at a restaurant that you're at, the, you know, the waitress, or somebody you meet at the bank, tell them about it. That would make me so happy. That is how we, that's how we grow this podcast family of ours here. But yeah, have a great rest of your day. I love you all. Thank you so much for listening. And there's your hint of everything. Peace out. Oh, I sound like Usher. Peace up, A-Town. Yeah.